ACAST. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the Social Psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have special guest, Carrie Noe, this evening, who's an internationally renowned psychic medium, healer, and author. Karen has a special story to share this evening. For those of you who are Dr. Wayne Dyer fans, she has a book known as We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. And in this book, she directly connected with Dr. Wayne Dyer and the 33 profound truths that were derived from their interactions from Dr. Dyer, as well as the We Consciousness Guides. I'm excited to have her on this evening because the concepts that are raised in her book, I can very easily identify with. The concept of synchronicity, the concept of we are all one, we all belong to the universe and striving for internal improvements and working towards being the best version of yourself. These are the things that I think are very critical. In terms of Karen's direct relationship with Wayne Dyer, we're going to have her discuss that and her connection to the Hay House, um, being a Hay House author as well as her particular relationship with this project and how it derived. Miracles happen in the smallest of ways sometimes. A lot of people think that miracles are, I mean, there are profound miracles that happen in our lives. People have a terminal illness and they're miraculously healed. Or some story about someone, you know, a hero saving an individual's life out of, running out of a burning building. What I like to highlight as part of this show are individuals who experience miracles that don't really fall into those broad, vast miracles, but instead it's a, it's a, we're all on our own level. We work through our actions and we help improve the quality of lives for others in our own way. And that's what I think a lot of this 
uh, subject matter this evening is going to be um, focused on. I am very excited to get into the We Consciousness 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. At this time, I'm very pleased to introduce Karen to the show. Hey, how are you? Welcome to the show, Karen. How are you doing? Thank, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. I was just uh, talking about a highlight regarding your project, and I wanted to have you kind of get into the beginning point for you when you first realized that you had some psychic abilities in your life. Oh, wow. Okay. So I always was psychic, even as a young girl. Um, a crazy story I always share is my father used to take me to the racetrack and I took the winning horses for him, you know, um, now I'm an animal activist. I don't go to the track. I always have to add that too, but, um, I would know things that would happen before they did. And, you know, I'd know before caller ID who was on the other phone, but it didn't really, um, you know, I, have, I would have dreams that would ha- that would, I would dream things that would happen that before they happened. Oh my goodness. And such things like that. But 25 years ago, I was going through a difficult time in my life. And I just sat at the edge of my bed and I yelled at God. And I said, am I going to be all right? And as I was saying that, I saw a light that came towards me from the other side of the room. And my first response was, if you're not of God, please leave. But the more I said that, the more it continued to come towards me. And it eventually enveloped me. And at that time, I heard an audible voice that said, Lucia Lucina, Bella Lucia Lucina. And for those Italian listeners, they would know what that means. It means light, little light, beautiful little light. And I have since learned it was St. Francis of Assisi, who's been guiding and protecting me ever since. And for those who've read my books or follow me on Facebook, you can see my St. Francis connection with all the peace quotes and all the little animals, the dogs, the cats, the goats, you know, I'm a vegan and all sorts of things. That's my St. Francis connection. But right after that uh, experience with the light, I started receiving messages from the angels as well as deceased loved ones. So that's how wow. it Yeah. And when you had the light surround you and you had this unconditional love, yeah. can you share anything else about that experience or that moment that you may with our audience? Because not everyone may experience something like that. I really can't even put it into words because there are no words to describe the peace that I felt. My whole life changed after that point. You know, I started becoming even more intuitive Uh, more compassionate. I was able to see through each other's eyes, another person's eyes right from that moment. Uh, I knew where they were coming from. I'm very empathic and all sorts of things like that. But during that time, you cannot put it into words. It's just a total peace. And this is what happens after we make our transition. When we leave the physical body, we feel this peace. There's no words to describe it. You're one with everything and everyone, and you feel that connection. It's truly amazing. That's, that's incredible. When you talk about in your book the importance of raising your energy to connect to the higher realm, yes. can you share with our audience exactly what that means in your own words? Sure. So what happens in order to connect with those who've passed or as well as connecting with the angels, we have to be more on par with the energy of who they are. They're a, high, a very high frequency. 
And if we're here in the body, we have to raise our vibration so it's more on par with their energy. So we have to practice compassion, practice forgiveness, be more grateful, you know, empower ourselves, see through the eyes of others, practice feeling peaceful regardless of what's going on around you, spend time alone. You know, all, there's all things that we can do so that we're more on par with the energy of who they are. It's like if you want to connect with those who have passed, you don't want to turn to 1300 a.m. if you want to try to connect <laughs> to 3200 FM, right? You have to yeah, be more on par with right. the energy of who they are. So that's what I tell everybody to do, to try it anyway. <laughs> that's great. I like that analogy. Um, mm. I'm, a big, I'm a big advocate of telling my clients when I talk, or just people in my life, that you should always look, for anyone who's grieving, look for signs. Subtle signs. Yeah. One oh my that gosh, you may yeah. not even recognize at the outset. And I know going through your book that you you discussed the importance of signs. And one of oh, them that I absolutely. found pretty interesting was when you were looking at trying to connect with angels and <laughs> I know you looked up in say. the sky. <laughs> Tell us mm-hmm. a little about that episode. Tell us a little about that experience. Okay. Um, it's, okay. I, I know a lot of people could <laughs> – resonate with this message. So what I was saying before, we need to raise our vibration high to connect with those who've passed, but we need to raise it even higher to connect with the angels. Angels are different even uh, than those who've passed. Angels have never been here in a body. They're just peace and love, whereas people who've crossed, they have the same personality as they did when they were here on earth. So one particular time in my life, a few years ago, uh, there was a client of mine who was giving everybody a hard time, including myself. And for whatever reason, usually I'm good at forgiveness and I just couldn't let it go, you know, what she was doing to everybody and really hurting people intentionally. And I, you know, I realized we, everyone in our life is a product of what we're thinking and feeling. Uh, that's another subject in itself. That's the law of attraction and all of that. But at that particular time, I was just, oh, I was ranting and raving. I was thinking about it all the time. So I was still able to connect with deceased loved ones on a daily basis, because that's what I do. I was able to do that, but I couldn't feel the angels anymore. So I went for a walk with my dog, and as I'm walking my dog, in my mind, I'm yelling at the angels. And I'm saying, I know you could hear me, but I can't hear you. I know you could hear me, but I can't hear you. I'm yelling at them. And with that, (laughs) I look up in the sky, and I see clouds in the formation of an ear with a finger in it. Now, because I was ranting and raving and I, was, I wasn't even able to understand what that meant, I couldn't even take that to be a sign. So I said, that's so stupid, and I'm just, I just continued to walk on, you know, my dog. Finally, when I got closer to my house, I started to notice the birds chirping, and, you know, I started to hear the beautiful music of the birds. I started to see the beautiful flowers outside my house, and I felt the love coming from my house, from my family and my boyfriend. So only then, when I raised my vibration more on a loving, peaceful vibration, was I able to understand what that message meant and not before. The message meant they were talking to me, but I couldn't hear them. I had my finger in my ear because I was ranting and raving and I was being angry. I was not on par with the energy of who they are. And so it is with all of us. So if we really want to connect with the angels and our deceased loved ones, we have to learn to practice raising our vibration to a more loving, peaceful way of living. You know what I mean? Practice forgiveness, all sorts of things like that. 
Just here for that. You've got to do it. <laughs> so that's basically taking your finger. I like that. Take your finger out of your yeah. ear. Remove the yep. thought of any negative emotions that might hit you in the moment. And yeah. try the best to, to deal with that and, and raise your vibration by thinking of things such as peace and love and nature and appreciating everything that we have in our lives. And that's going to be the vibration that helps us connect to the higher yeah. realm. And it's that's easier beautiful. said than done. It's not always easy. I have to tell sure. you, you know, when I teach my classes and people will say to me, how can I forgive my, uh, my great grandfather? He did this to me or whatever. And I always say, it's, do it for you. Forgive for you. You know, it's not the snake bite that kills us. It's the venom that's left behind. So if you don't want to do it for the other person, do it for you because you want to feel better. Focus on the blessings around you. Focus on what you want instead of what you don't want. Plug into love and unplug from what you don't want. And then it becomes a habit. And you won't want to go back to that's the true. other way of living. Yeah. It's like removing yourself as an obstacle from yeah. higher achievement that makes sense that makes sense exactly yeah getting it i know your personal story is very strongly connected to dr wayne dyer and i wanted to ask you if you can share with our audience how you first began receiving messages from wayne dyer for his family oh my goodness okay it was through many synchronistic events now i was a fan of dr dyer i didn't know him personally so uh, when he passed, I was very upset. My, my daughter had called me and said, did you see what happened on, on Facebook? And I said, oh, my gosh, I, I was devastated because, I, you know, I went to his lectures, read his books and everything. But I felt the world was never going to be the same again. Little did I know, and I should have known, that he was large in life. He's even larger now that he made his transition, you know. But in any, in any case, um, I also have a radio show, uh, the Angel Quest show, the first Saturday of every month. And about a month before he passed, I had his daughter on my radio show, Serena, to promote her book, Don't Die With the Music Still In You. It was a, it's a great book, by the way. So I had her contact information, and I emailed her after her dad passed. And I just said to her, you know, I'm so sorry to hear about your dad. Um, please, you know, know without a doubt that he truly is okay. Make sure to ask him to give you a without a doubt sign that you know he's with you. Ask him to come to you in a dream and to wake you up after the dream so that you remember it. And then I said, I don't know what to do for you, but I do have a book. It's called Your Life After Their Death that I'd love to send you a copy of. It'll teach you ways to, uh, to heal after your dad's death to teach you how to connect with him. Because I truly believe my, you know, my gift in this world is not what Karen Noe could do. I didn't tell her this. I'm telling you. It's to empower people to do what I do, right? So Absolutely. I wanted to give her Definitely. the book so that she could do this herself. And so she immediately sent an email back to me saying she would love a copy of my book, and I sent it to her. Now, a few days later, I was scheduled to speak at an I Can Do It event for my publisher. I was going to be speaking about life after death. And um, they were going to have a, an event for Dr. Dyer. He had just passed, you know, a tribute to him. So I went a day earlier and we had a bus with that Hay House, my publishers, uh, the authors all sitting on the bus going from the hotel room to the conference center where the event was going to be held. And I'm sitting on the bus. There's one seat available on the whole bus. It's next to me and in walks Serena Dyer. 
Wayne's door. Wow. <laughs> so that's how it all began, you know, and she just sat next to me. And at that particular, the first time, nothing really happened. I just said, hi, Serena, I'm Karen Noe. And she said, oh, Karen, I just got your book today. Thank you so much. And then I ta- started to talk to her about signs. Did you get any signs? Did you have any dreams? And uh, she told me about a dream that her sister had, Sage, that's her youngest sister, um, in which she actually felt her dad in the dream. She hugged him and felt his hairy arms, she said. You know, I said, oh, my gosh, that's truly him. It's a definite visitation. And that was pretty much it, the first visit. I'm trying wow. to make this short. So, um, no, so no, it's the, great. Yeah. <laughs> after that was pretty much it at that time. But after the event, you know, I was ready to go back on the bus, and I'm looking in that bus as I'm ready to step into it, and I see all my favorite Hay House authors on that bus, as well as Wayne Dyer's family. And at that time, I felt very insignificant. And I said, I'm not going on the bus. I'm going to walk back to the hotel room. And I'm walking to the hotel room, and I'm starting to talk to myself in my head, and I'm saying, I'm so insignificant. I'm so insignificant. And as I'm saying that, I heard him for the first time. And he said loudly, get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. And I said, Wayne, if that's you, (laughs) you have to give me a without a doubt sign to let me know it's you. And then I said, how may I serve? And he said, you're already serving. And I said, how may I serve more? So anyway, I went back to the hotel room and there was something very itchy inside of my shirt. So I reached in to to see what it was and there was a sticker that somehow attached itself to my shirt. And I looked at it and how I know it wasn't there before because on the bottom of the sticker it said in tiny letters, Disney World. And I had not been to Disney World. But on the sticker itself it said W-E. I took that to mean at first, Wayne, first letter, last letter of his name. And I felt him so strongly and I began to cry. And he said, is that good enough? I said, that's amazing. Little did I know it was so much more than W.E. Wayne. Later, later on, within a week or so, he started to talk to me about the we consciousness, the interconnectivity of everyone and everything. And long story short, his family ended up coming to see me. They're from Florida except one of the daughters is from New York. They came to see me in New Jersey, and he gave them all very um, very specific messages that only they would know. And the rest is history. For two years, I was on the phone. He has eight children and a wife, and he would come through with messages at very specific times to call them at specific times, and it was always something very relevant to them. Wow. I try to make that and short. You, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. And actually, I know yeah. I'm, I'm looking in your book as you describe it. it it's it's great the way you encapsulated that just now. I I, um, I think that's phenomenal. Uh, what I want to ask you, the synchronicity there, just with your seats being next to each other after you've been in contact and you already had yeah. inter- I mean, that's that's like a glaring oh, arrow okay. just by, you know, highlighting above that seat for her to sit right next to you because he wanted exactly. his family to interact with you so that he could send messages to yes. them and help them with their grieving process. And yep. that's, that's and you a know massive what? gift. It's amazing. And then, you know, here you know me, what I just said before, I felt very insignificant. So when he started to talk to me, I said, why did you choose me? And then he said to me, why did you choose me? <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> you know, and then he showed me the connection. You know, we have a connection with St. Francis and Peace, and we're both Hay House authors, et cetera. I had my connection with Serena and so forth. But, you know, he is coming to many people around the world. It's not just Karen Noe. 
He is coming to many people, but whoever is more on par with the vibration of who Wayne Dyer is and was. It's like tuning into their energy. You have to be more on par with who they are. And so that's how you connect. One, one, one question I'm thinking of as we're discussing this topic, did, did Wayne indicate to you that this was a book that he had wanted to discuss or write or talk about while he was alive but didn't get a chance to get to it? And then, okay. No, he said okay. this is my baby. What happened was uh, the first New Year's Eve after I started connecting with his family, I was trying to stay awake on New Year's Eve. About 8 p.m., I started to fall asleep. I said, okay, I'm going to take a nap. So I went to lie down, and as I was lying down, I felt his presence strongly. But this time he came through for me instead of for his family. And he said, now's the time to do what you came on earth to do. And I knew immediately what that was. It was to promote peace on earth. Um, Wow. So I said, okay. I said, are you going to be channeling? Am I going to be channeling this whole book from you? And he said, no. I said, you're kidding me. (laughs) What are you telling me? Uh And he said, I said, surely you'll give me at least a chapter. He said, yes, he'll give me a chapter. So there's one chapter in the book, which I ask him questions, and he answers. It's, you know, that's the chapter he gave me. And at the the end is the appendix where the dyers talk about the the readings and what they wanted to share. But um, what happened was he said, I'm going to be joining forces with a group consciousness called the We Consciousness, the We Guides. And he's going to be part of that group. It incorporates, you know, St. Francis as well as the angels and ascended masters. And it would be hard to differentiate one from the other when they're together. So it was hard when they were a group consciousness to see a Wayne Dyer himself. It was them all together. Um, so, no, he didn't uh, have this in him when he was here on earth. He knew that was what I needed to get out there. But a lot of what I was talking about resonated with him so much. So that's how we connected as well. And if am I correct to say that he had indicated to you when you were talk when you were communicating with one another that this was something that you had preset for yourself before you even yeah. were born? Can you tell us it a little is. more about that? Yeah, he said uh, I knew all the information that I was going to be talking about. Uh, I had been channeling the We Guides for many years, and I just didn't know it. And to use all that knowledge to put together a book. And um, he also told me that they, they were going to give me, when I say they, it's the we guys, 33 concepts for inner and outer peace. And I said, but why 33? And he, they, he told me that 33 symbolizes divine guidance and the spiritual uplifting of all of creation. So I said, fine. So as soon as he told me that this is what I was supposed to do, I jumped out of bed. I went to the computer and I typed up the table of contents and the summary, you know, the introduction and all that within maybe 20 minutes because I knew it. I had wow. it all within me already. It was amazing. It's like, okay, finally, now I could do what I came on earth to do. I think, never mind, I think, I know everything I had done before that was to uh, build my credibility if that makes sense, even connecting with his family so that they knew without a doubt it was him. It's Wayne Dyer, you know, and because of that and my ability to do that, they're going to listen, you know, people are going to listen to the other, to the we guys and the concepts of which they were speaking. Wow. What's St. Francis of Assisi like? Oh, amazing. It's only, he's only peace and love. Um, and he's all about, that's what I'm all about, too. I recently went to Assisi. It's just beautiful there. Uh, amazing wow. place. And, uh, yeah. 
very humble man, but he's not a man. He's an energetic being, but he doesn't want to be called St. Francis. He tells me to call him Francesco because we call him Saint. Okay. That's it. I still call him St. Francis because all these years I've been calling him St. Francis. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. you connected to Dr. Dyer, what was his uh, take describing the afterlife to you? Oh, my gosh. He was so excited to talk about the afterlife, so excited to talk about the interconnectivity of everyone and everything, and, um, you know, how he, he connected with his mom. And I mean, I have a channel. I don't know if you want me to read from the book, because this was actually a channel from him. And he said, where I am now is not the afterlife, but the continuation of life without the restrictions of the physical body that bound me to the earth plane. One minute I was confined to the physical shell, the next I was free as I, was, I stepped into this pure state of infinite love. I'd yearned to reach this level of awareness for the last several years of my earthly existence, so I was surprised and delighted to achieve this goal in an instant. As I re-entered this familiar state of consciousness and arrived at my true place of origin, I was greeted by my loved ones, including my mother and, yes, my father too, and glorious celestial beings eager to welcome me back home. A little bit more. I am elated that I can be wherever I wish to be with a simple thought of a desired location anywhere in the universe. I'm still aware and interested in what transpires on Earth, but I now comprehend that this is just a tiny speck in the totality of all creation. He goes on and on, but at the end of this question, he says, just spread this message to everyone who will listen. We are all one in love. Everything else is just an illusion. Wow. And just so, so yeah. our readers are, I'm sorry, go ahead. But the first time I, when I started to connect with him after they made the appointment to Dyer's, I said, Wayne, what did you get me into? You better come through. You better come through. You know, this is my insignificant feeling again. <laughs> and um, that's sure. when he started to talk, you know, about the afterlife. And he was so excited about the afterlife. Oh, my goodness. And they're so excited to talk about the we consciousness and all of that. So funny, when his family came for the first time, you know, they came into my office. And here he is. He's so excited to talk about the afterlife and the we consciousness. And he said, do you want to hear about the we consciousness or do you want to hear personal messages? And they all said personal messages. Of course they did. I would too if, I, if my father, you know, was going to come through. But that proved Absolutely. that it was really him. You know what I mean? So they needed to hear that. Yeah. Whereas I think the we consciousness is more for mankind, you know, just not for the Dyer family, for everyone. Yeah. Well, I think that's the separation of the professional self from the personal self where you're connected with your family members directly after passing on. Um, mm-hmm. Just for our, and just for the show, our audience, you were reading from what I think was page 127 of your book, right? Ah, Going on the yes. 128. I just want to make sure yes. in case anyone wants to read along later while they're listening that to this, they happen to have your book <laughs> with them. I, uh, I just want to make sure of that. Um, tell me a little bit about the 33 concepts, and we're going to get into those as well. But in terms of your understanding of them when they were first provided to you, if you were to give an overview to our audience, what would the 33 profound truths be? Basically, it's the we consciousness. It's an awareness of the unity of everyone and everything, including animals and nature. It talks about our divinity, compassion for all of life, and what one person does to oneself or another, how it affects the whole. 
And it basically talks about if you could fully grasp these truths, you'd be able to create miracles in your life and make a significant difference in the world. I think that sums it wow. all up. Yeah. That's a beautiful summary. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> no problem. No problem. And I know Wayne also talks about several of these concepts in chapter 12 yeah. of your book when you have where he's featured. And I wanted to see if you could share with our audience his message to you about concept number two, which is on the bottom of page 128 of your book. You're okay. becoming an instrument of peace is vital to the survival of the planet. Yes, yes. Um, what he was saying that it's a very critical time here on Earth that we all must do our part to make a difference in the world. We have to plug into what we want, which is peace and love, and unplug from what we don't want. We have to focus on solutions instead of the problems themselves. And um, the more energy we, uh, we vibrate in that direction, the more powerful it becomes. So we just have to, all of us, be more positive, even though there's negativity in the world right now. You know, we have to focus. There's so many blessings around us and so many good things happening. So to post on, if say it's on social media, he didn't say social media. I don't think he posted on social media, but this is how I interpreted what I could do in my way. You know, on social media, post only positive things and the wonderful things that are happening in the world and solutions to the problem. But he said we can all make a difference in the world and we must uh, because it's at this particular time on earth, it's very necessary becoming, you know, a channel of love and changing the world. Yes. Definitely. And um, I, I know you and I were going over some of these before we got on the air today because there are 33 of them. Mm-hmm. We have only 30 minutes left to our show, so obviously we're not yeah. going to cover all of them. That's what right. makes it great for my audience because they can get your book and go through these in greater detail. Um, <laughs> what what I did want to do is highlight a few of these I thought resonated when we discussed them ourselves and share that. With okay. Us. Sure. I, I like number five. It says God is only love and peace. You must be love and peace to mm-hmm. fully fill your connection with him. And I yes. wanted to uh, see if you want to share your thoughts on that one. Okay. We all have source energy within us. Not everyone resonates with God, the word God, but we all have God within us. I use the word God because that's the way it was channeled to me. Um, But if we understand we have source energy within us, imagine the true power that we have. You know, the only difference between a miracle worker and one who is not is that the miracle worker understands that and realizes that. But to feel the power of who we really are, to feel that love, we must be love and peace. If we're angry, as I was before, talking about before, I won't be able to uh, plug into that vibration of who I really am, which is love and peace, which is God. I hope that makes sense. That's beautiful. No, I think it's great, especially with the day and age that we're living in right now. If people Mm -hmm. were to exercise trying to, you know, change their vibrational frequency, and, and trust me, we all fall prone to this when you're stuck in traffic and someone cuts you off. Oh, sure. Yeah. Or if you're late for your flight and you're rushing through the airport terminal and you mm-hmm. fall down or drop coffee on your shirt and you have a meeting to go to, <laughs> those kind of moments mm-hmm. obviously are going to frustrate you. But it's having the yeah. ability or the opportunity to, to quiet your mind and attach to the higher power, if that's what you want to call it, to, to try to increase your frequency so that you can say, you know what? I'm not going to fall into a negative 
frame of mind right now. Instead, I want to exercise love and peace and, and, and be one with, in communion with the universe or with our higher power. And I think that that resonates pretty well the way that you described it. And that's what I thought of when you described that one, right? You know, when you explained yeah. it further. Mm-hmm. When you talked to Wayne and you, you, you went in chapter 12 of your book about concept eight, he, uh, he had a, uh, an entry here with you. Um, concept eight talks about our individual body create the illusion of separation from the whole. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you what Dr. Dyer had to say about that and what your take is on that as well. So we are all one, but we don't feel that oneness until we really, until we cross over to the other side, till we make that transition because our bodies don't separate us anymore. Right now I'm here, you're over there and another person's in another part of the world and it creates an illusion of sorts. In reality, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. The body is just temporary, but we feel that the body is the most important thing when we're in the physical body. However, that is not the case. Uh, It's an illusion of separation from the whole. It's hard to understand. Until you pass, you fully get it. Unless you're meditating, you fully get that concept. You know, you have to quiet your mind so you're more on par with the energy of who you really are to understand that we are all one. It's not this physical body. You were saying something about you went into a chamber yeah. that you felt. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could I could share that for a second. I was t- saying off the air to Karen that I was in a in a, uh, a a deprivation chamber where you basically lay in a tank of salt water and they put blinders on your eyes and you put earplugs in and you float in salt water and the content of the salt is so much that you just float the whole time for an hour. And you're sensory deprived. And from that experience, I was trying to get friends to go with me. And all of them were nervous about going in this, in this you know, small chamber. They were claustrophobic or they were nervous about what to expect. And I was laughing about it. I was like, I'll give it a try. So I went in it. And the one thing I got from the whole hour was, for one, there's a fabric that connects exactly. all of us that we don't pay attention to because we, we just aren't able to. But I got that from the sensory deprivation chamber for an hour. And that was my most profound experience spiritually uh, on a direct basis from that, from that particular type That's of something. setting. So it's incredible. It's amazing. Right? Yes. It's amazing. Because that was such a true, a great meditation, what you were doing. Really, I, I don't know. It's hard to feel that oneness when you're here in the physical body. So Absolutely. you were able to do that. I think sometimes we look at ourselves as separate parts because I, I always tell people that, when we cross over, it's like trading in the old car <laughs> that's 80 years yeah. old for a new mm-hmm. form, which is the energy form of ourselves, which is infinite and connected to everything in the universe, and we're all made of energy. Yeah. So I, I try to use that analogy to help people kind of un- understand the concept of the afterlife. It's like shedding where uh, the body, I say, is a wrapping paper, and the gift is what's inside. So we just shed, you take off the wrapping paper, and there you are. That's who you really are. I love it's not that. Body. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. I think that's phenomenal. Um, looking at these other ones, I think one of the ones, it's imperative to focus on number 10. It's imperative to focus mm. on what is right in the world instead of what is wrong. Absolutely. We have to plug into the peace and love 
and solutions instead of the problems. The more we focus on what's right, the more what's right is going to continue and expand. If we focus on what's wrong, the more that's going to expand because whatever we focus upon gets bigger. So doesn't it make sense to say then to focus on what is right in the world instead of what's wrong? The many blessings in your life instead of what's wrong. Most people don't do that. You know, and they talk about, oh, but this happened or that happened. But how many things are well going on well around you? You know, your many, many blessings. Just the fact that you're here on earth, bed to sleep in. If you took a shower, you have water, right? So be thankful for all of that. Yes. And I think sometimes that's a hard concept for people to grasp when they're going through a difficult time. And Mm -hmm. I think that's one of our greatest tests or lessons to learn while we're here on this planet is through this human experience is you're going to have times that are challenging. You're going to have some difficult moments, uh, like turbulence on an airplane. You're going to go through some unnerving parts of your life. But as long as you realize that the bigger connection of who we are and what, what our purpose is, you can push through that and, and see the, and appreciate, you know, what we're really here for and what our purpose is. It's exactly. Not consumed by the negativity of the moment when that's going to pass. And once you let it right. pass, and you see, once you see the temporary nature of it, you'll be able to mm-hmm. overcome anything that's thrown at you, any challenges. It's true. It's a habit, though. You know, we're so prone to, okay, this went wrong. Let me focus. Let me try to find a, a solution. Well, let me try to figure out this problem in a rational way. And sometimes it's not rational. You just have to change your vibration. <laughs> You know? Exactly. Because exactly. thinking upon yes. expands. So. I uh, also like number 13. You're an infinite spiritual being having a temporary human experience on this planet. Yes. I think that kind of ties into what we've been discussing already. So I don't know how much yes. that really requires further explanation. But I like it as a message. Yeah, we know that, but. right? To be a fact. <laughs> Um, you and I both talked about number 18 as a big one, and I want to make oh sure we boy. hit that one. I put three stars next to it. Yeah. Um, um, forgive I, I and say, ask forgiveness. Yeah. When you forgive and ask forgiveness, when you forgive your others, you forgive yourself. Now, the fact is we are all one. So when you understand that, when you're forgiving somebody else, it's truly you're forgiving yourself. But I was telling you before, <laughs> and I may have shared it already, it's not the snake bite that kills us. It's the venom that's left behind. So what you don't want to forgive maybe for the other person because you're very angry at them. But if you don't want to do it for them, do it for you because you're holding on to this negative energy and it's harming you. So do it for you. It's really worth your energy. (laughs) When I say let go of that baggage, because that's not helping you in Mm -hmm. any way whatsoever to transcend to a higher home of yourself as you live your life. Let let go of that stuff. It's not going to help you at all. And exactly. um, I think that's, that's the most important lesson we can all learn. When someone does what you construe as a wrong act towards you, by, by being able to forgive yourself and also forgive them, you're able to move beyond it and not let it consume you and uh, hold you back. Yes. And also I wanted to add, it's not always something that you did, but sometimes it is something that we did that created this thing that you're unforgiving. You know, in other words, so you're trying to – I hope you can follow me. Try to look through the other person's eyes why they did. Okay, try to look through the other person's eyes why they did what they did. Try to see that. See, after we pass, we go through a life review where we're able to see and feel how we've affected each person through their eyes because 
we we feel it as if we are them, and guess what? We are them. <laughs> but I tell people, exactly. why wait until it's too late to see through the other person's eyes? Do it now and create peace in your life and in the lives around you. So if you're trying to forgive someone, see what role you played in the part of that discord and try to see through their eyes what you did, and uh, you can understand them a little bit better that way. It's, it really does help. I think that's just such a great way of, you know, a lot of these in my concept of paradigm, the way that you yeah. look at the world and view it through your own set of eyes and your perspective, and I feel like mm-hmm. these are universal truths that can help you uh, incorporate in your life if you do this and, and abide by these. It's almost like creating a, a positive paradigm shift for yourself and giving you that opportunity to move your life in a different direction and, and be one with all. <laughs> in my absolutely. Opinion. Perfectly said. Yes, yes, absolutely. I love it. I love it philosophically, spiritually, and, and in and every other realm. Uh, mm-hmm. Number 19, you make the world a better place by choosing to be an example of inner peace. I'd like mm-hmm. to see your uh, take on that. Well, first of all, um, we have to create peace within ourselves. You know, peace begins within us. We can't extend peace to anybody else unless we feel peace within, our, you know, within ourselves. It begins within us. So um, easier said than done. As we were saying before, you know, sometimes, you know, something's going on in our lives where we feel insignificant and we don't have peace within ourselves. But that's where it all begins. You know, you make your own happiness a priority. And you're not swayed by external conditions in the world. And if you do that, Definitely. you can extend the peace to others, you know. Then you look out for your – you have to look out for your own best interest as well. You have to make it a priority to achieve your dreams, you know. And when you do that, your mind, body, and spirit will be healed. You're, and then you'll also strengthen your ability to feel your connection to everyone and everything. And you could create peace in the world. I feel like if you took these, you could like literally photocopy pages on your appendix, 143, 144, and 145, and go to Congress and hand this out to all the members of Congress and tell Wouldn't them, that be look nice? at these. I'm not trying to get political <laughs> for a minute, but I'm saying if yeah. you wanted to try to create more accord as, as compared to discord, I feel like these mm-hmm. concepts could resonate from both sides of the aisle. It could truly help things. Um, oh, absolutely. Anywhere. That's why the book. <laughs> yeah, you know? energy cannot, you know, nothing can be solved with the same energy that began it. Somebody said that. Was it Gandhi? I, uh, I'm not quite sure. Who said I it, believe it was so. A wonder, wonderful <laughs> quote. You need to change the energy. Turn on the light and the darkness goes away. As simple as that. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Number 22 talks about, and this is what it says, external objects and circumstances do not create inner peace. Now, my take on that before I ask you about yours, looking at that, mm-hmm. is the material things that we strive for in this world don't truly bring us the inner peace that we really need inside, which is abundance of spirit, you know, love, practicing balance, all those kind of things. Is that what this represents to you, or exactly. is there another meaning? Okay. No, Perfect. exactly that. It's we think it's going to bring us peace, but how many people, you know, they think this object's going to bring them peace, and then they want something else, and they want something else. You're never going to be, achieve peace that way. You know, sure you'll be happy for a little bit, 
and all of that. And surely money does help so you're not worrying, you know, about paying your bills or where you're going to be living and so forth. So money certainly does help. But for the most part, it won't bring you inner peace. It all comes within you. Did you ever notice the poorest people, some of them are the most happiest, you know, the people, people the richest people are not. Why is that? If something exactly. external brought them peace, they would be in a great place right now, but they're not. So You're right. You know, mm-hmm. and this also ties into a secondary point. With our digital age, we all plug in to these apps and social media. And I, I also love my social media, don't get me wrong. But yeah. I also feel like you need to achieve inner peace by also unplugging sometimes and going and spending time Absolutely. in nature more. Yes, <laughs> you do. <laughs> and uh, to achieve inner peace, you need to quiet your thoughts. You know, it's... It's something, you know, praying is talking to God and the angels, but we need to meditate and listen. And in any relationship, you need to listen as well as speak. So to achieve peace, you need to just unplug from all of that, quiet your thoughts, and plug into the energy of who you really are, God within you, the oneness of everyone and everything. You can't do that if your thoughts are going a mile a minute. Exactly. You can't. Not at all. Number 23, I like that one. Uh, you're not able to change others, but you are able mm-hmm. to change your perception of them. Can you tell us your, yes. your thoughts on that one. People spend a lot of their lives trying to change, though, you know, their sister, their brother, their mother, their father, whatever it is. You're not going to do it. That's who they are. You just have to change your perception of who they are. Focus on the light within them. Don't focus on what's wrong. You know, focus on and when you change your perception of them, of all the many good things, you know, that they have, the good qualities they'll change the way they treat you as well. When you change the way you look at things, Wayne Dyer said this, the things you look at change. So, um, you know, you just change your perception of others. And in so doing, they'll treat you differently and your whole world will change as well. I like that a lot. I really do. Number 24, healing occurs when the mind, body, and spirit are at peace. We are not just physical beings, right? We're mind, body, spirit. So we need to heal every part of us. That's why if, you're, uh, if someone is ill and they're just dealing with the physical body, I deal with alternatives. I, when somebody comes to see me, I'm giving them a reading, but I'm also healing uh, with Reiki, with energy healing, with doing tapping to moving energy points and so forth. And that's, they use, sometimes they come to me as a last resort, and a lot of times that's what actually heals them. It's not made well. It's what's within them. They're ready to make the move of healing themselves. But... Um, it's not just the physical body. There's spiritual beings having a human experience. So you have to take that into consideration when you're doing a healing. Many times when the doctors are just giving you medication, but they're not uh, healing what's really causing. It's the stress, maybe, in their life. You have to heal the stress. You have to heal the, uh, the emotions within that person. You know, you have to heal the grief. You have to heal the anger and so forth. So it's all together, all of it is what really heals the that's, person on all levels. And that's looking at it from mind, body, spirit, all as one, not being reductionistic mm-hmm. like modern medicine treats things and trying to take yeah. holistic approaches to your, to your mind, body, and spirit and, and approaching it that way would be much better than just looking at an ailment or a condition and giving yourself a label. Exactly. And doctors really have to be careful about what they are saying to their patients because oftentimes the patient, the power of words, if the doctors give someone a diagnosis, they, the patient believes it to be so. 
and it doesn't have to be so. It doesn't. I've seen so many things. I've had one client, she had stage four, stage four lung cancer. She's completely healed. Another one had stage wow. three multiple myeloma, completely cured. The doctors, you know, all said, oh, forget it. You know, get everything together, your affairs in order and all this, and they're healed. So what makes them different from other people who, you know, are not healed? It's the ability to go within yourself and change your thoughts. And to see yourself, feel the feeling of your wish fulfilled, as Wayne Dyer used to say. You know, feel it as if it's happening. See yourself healed. Say positive affirmations. Focus on healing instead of the illness. Don't say, I have, and then whatever illness you have, because you're affirming that you have that. Don't do it. You know, say, I am healthy, even though you're not. And fake it until you make it, and your body will make (laughs) the changes that it needs. I have seen it time and time again. Uh, the concept from a prior episode of disease, D-I-S hyphenated ease. Yeah, I've heard that uh-huh. concept before. Why you're describing it, that's what resonates with me, is to not break your body into these conditions and ailments, but rather try to figure out a way to bridge the gap between your mind, body, and soul so that you can, you know, heal yourself from within and, and really understand the connection of the whole. Yes. What I have found... I'd say 99% of the people that come in to see me who are ill, everything started outside of themselves that caused the uh, disease itself. So whether it be stress or a divorce or a death in their family or something, it created the body uh, responded to that, uh, whatever it was, anger, jealousy, etc. So when we deal with that emotion, whatever they were dealing with as this event occurred, guess what? The body is healed as well because it's not just the body. It's mind, body, spirit. It has to all be connected, all healed together. It's not just one or the other. As a matter of fact, you know, as a matter of fact, I shouldn't be saying this, but I have not gone to the doctor in years because, you know, I know I can't say that because I shouldn't have said, but you do, you go to the doctor and they do heal us, you know, but I do know the power of the the mind and the, the spirit is very much a big part of all of our healing as well. And I also think, you know, there's been a lot of studies with the idea that positive thinking can really help you heal. And, and like you said, there's examples of people that had life-threatening disease, life-threatening ailments, conditions, and they were able to miraculously survive Absolutely. those things by exercising this kind of a concept and, and these, these, this philosophy, which I think is very beneficial for people to hear and understand. It's something that mm-hmm. I wish society itself bought more into. No, it's said, don't listen to diagnosis because I have seen everything. I really have. So it's not, if a doctor says you have this, maybe, and he gives you, this is your prognosis. Maybe for what he knows, but you're a different person. Go within yourself, <laughs> you know, and you can do whatever exactly. it takes and see yourself healed. And there are many techniques that you could do. You know, tapping is one of them. It's emotional freedom technique. You could tap on energy points and, and so forth. I don't know if the listeners know what that is, but you could Google that or go on YouTube and tap in, uh, type in tapping or the emotional freedom technique. Wow. And that can help you to get rid of negative energy and emotions, which helps uh, the healing immensely. Absolutely. I was going to say, wouldn't it be nice if you, you know, you turn TV on after midnight and you're up and you can't fall asleep yet. And you see all these pharmaceutical commercials. Wouldn't it be nice to have... <laughs> Concepts like meditation. Here, here's a meditation commercial. I love it. Here's, a, here's one about yeah. being in tune with your mind, body, and spirit. Like, those would be better commercials than, you know, the most recent whatever's out. 
from pharmaceutical company X that you learn about five years later when lawyers are advertising, you know, mass lawsuits against that pharmaceutical. I know. Um, No, it's true. (laughs) Just just an aside. I'm I'm looking at number 27, true faith can move mountains. Tell us a little more about that. Oh, my gosh. So um, if you have the same, you know, all the great masters talked about the same thing. Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, all of them. They said, if you said to that mountain, move, that mountain will move. You know, it will do it. Because, and, and Jesus himself, for the Christians out there, he said, this and more you can do if only you believe. If only you believe. He never said he was the only one that was able to do this. So you have to truly believe and feel um, what you want to accomplish. You have to feel the feeling of your wish fulfilled. And because we're spiritual beings and we're vibrational beings, we will attract whatever we're thinking and feeling unto ourselves. So if we want to be healed and we're feeling the feeling of being healed, we can do that. You, could ha- you have to have the faith. And don't worry about how it's going to happen. That's the key. Most people say, okay, but how? Don't worry about it know you're going to be healed or know that you're going to become abundant, say you don't have money or know you're going to have the perfect job or the perfect soulmate, whatever it is, have the faith of knowing that that's going to happen. And that's how you make it happen. People say, but how do I do that? You have to remove all the obstacles that are preventing you from feeling the feeling that you wish to achieve. So you do the tapping, you do, there's so many techniques that I work on, you know, with my clients, it's hard to talk about it over the phone, but one is releasing the venom. Uh, you raise your arms up to the ceiling, and then you just swing them down and blow it out. That's called releasing the venom. It's just getting rid of all the negativity. It really does work. Wow. I like that. Releasing the venom. Yeah. That's not one that I've yeah. heard before. I'm going to definitely <laughs> attribute that to you for future okay. reference. I like that a lot. <laughs> Uh-huh. I want to just yes. give her credit. Donna Eden wrote a book called Energy Medicine, wonderful book, and I actually used, uh, used that technique from her uh, book. Okay. We'll put that in the footnote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number 30 is one of the last ones I want to cover with you. Past, present, and future are all, uh-huh. are all now. Time is an illusion. I like that one. Yeah, difficult to understand when we're here in the physical body. How could you say past, present, and future is all one? But uh, what Wayne Dyer showed me, he showed me a ruler. And if you step above the ruler and you look down at it, you see it's all now. It's all one ruler, right? If you look at the one inch that may be uh, on your left and the, uh, the 12 is on your right and whatever. But I hope I'm making myself clear, but it's all one. Yeah. But when you're stepping on the ruler itself, all you see is where you are. You're seeing just the present. But in reality, the future and the past is there as well with you. I like that. It's difficult. My, you um, say it. It's difficult to understand. <laughs> <laughs> one, of my, one of my understandings of that from doing readings myself and connecting to our deceased loved ones is that since time doesn't really exist on the other side, I like when you say time is an illusion because I know that We've ascribed hours, minutes, seconds, days, months, all these things as concepts to our lives. And I feel like our society just did that over the millennia. And that it's even more so now, if you really think about it, with the digital age that we've got, you could literally upload a comment on a social media site and it could go viral. Or you could, you could put something on <laughs> your in, 
And think about that for a second, because it, it really does move in microseconds right now. We don't have our days go with traditional time anymore. Now, with everything that we've got available to us through our smartphones and our devices, I feel like everything's accelerated, and we have microseconds now. And um, I definitely think that's all part of the illusion, though, that we need to really understand the larger purpose of why we're here, and that's connecting to these concepts and trying to achieve true inner peace and bringing peace and love and harmony to others. That's what I like a lot about this project that you've created. Yeah, yes, and we can all do it. If we all you know, do our part to create peace in the world, begin with ourselves because we're just as important as everyone else, and then extend that peace to everyone and everything around us, the world will be peaceful again. And no war is going to ever accomplish that at all. <laughs> you can't solve a problem with the same energy that began it. Absolutely. Karen, I want to make sure I I have a chance. I know we're both from New Jersey. I wanted to raise the, raise information about you for this particular episode at the end to share with our guests. If they wanted to learn more about you directly, where would they go? Okay. They could go to my website at KarenNoe.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-N-O-E.com. Okay. And you'll find all these classes and I'll be, I'll be, uh, traveling, at, be teaching at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, and the ARE in Virginia Beach. So if you can come, I'd love to see you there. <laughs> That's great. And when is the uh, event in Virginia Beach? In Virginia Beach is uh, September 7th and 8th. It's a, a Friday night and a Saturday as well. Okay. And what will be your topic that you're teaching there? It's a dire, a Serena and Sage Dyer and myself are going to talk about life after death and the, the whole experience with the weak consciousness, and they're going to talk about signs from their dad after he, he made his transition okay. and how we connected and so forth. Yeah. And you also have your show that is uh, the first Saturday of every month at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. It's called the Angel Quest Show, and, and if you go to HudsonRiverRadio.com, you can connect, and the archives are on my uh, website. Perfect. And what about your social media? What would be the most um, the, the the social media you'd want to direct our listeners to? They wanted uh, to connect you, with you. I would say uh, my uh, author page would be Karen Noe Author. Karen N O E okay. Author. Yeah. Great. We have about two minutes left. What I usually do during this part of the interview is I want to ask you, if you were to describe in two sentences, and trust me, you could do more than that, what would you want the audience to remember the most about you from this interview today? What would that hmm. be your thought? And you know what? Wow. I'm going to limit you to two sentences, by the way. <laughs> okay. I would love for them to remember me as the one who empowered them to do everything that I'm saying. In other words, it's not what a, about Karen Noe. It's about teaching them that they could do it as well and that I was able to empower them to do everything that I'm talking about, to talk to deceased loved ones, to connect with the angels, to create peace in their life, and so forth. And if I could do that, I'll feel like I have succeeded in life. That's beautiful. I'm going to tell you that I understand why Dr. Dyer has worked with you and how refreshing it has been to have you on our show this evening. Oh, thank and you so much. I just, I want to deeply, 
just tell you how appreciative I am to have you come on the show to talk about your book, We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. And I want to definitely challenge my audience that if you want to learn about these phenomenal concepts, definitely pick up Karen's book because you will enjoy it. It is organized in an incredible way. I just love the concepts of it. I think you will definitely love it as well. And it's something that can really be a great read and enhance your life experience. Karen, thank you for coming on our show this evening. We deeply appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay. Have a great night. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I just want to thank our audience for tuning into this episode. Uh, I'm very excited about our upcoming guests. I'm working with some phenomenal people to come on the show, share their personal journeys, and I will start sharing that information more as we go forward. I will definitely tell you that everything working with uh, Karen for this episode has been very refreshing. Her book is a great read. The concepts that are in this book are very important, I think, if you have the time and you want to really examine things from your perspective and then looking at things from a more larger point of view, that's what this book can introduce you to. It can let you connect with the, the larger universe and may, may, make you help, may help you understand that any issues you deal with in your daily life, they're really insignificant compared to the larger whole of the purpose of why we're all here. And so with that said, I definitely think you should look at considering this information, going to Karen's website and just examining this stuff because I think there's really a lot of meaning behind everything that coincides with why we're here in, in this, we're in the now, living in the now and appreciating everyone in our lives, reconnecting with nature, appreciating the abundance of all that you have, even during what might be your most challenging moments. And I leave you with that. We will be back again next week with our upcoming episodes. At this moment, I'm going to play our outro. And if you have any questions, you can always reach me directly at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. Our website as well is www.d, the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. And I welcome any comments or any information that you wish to share And uh, thank you for supporting this program. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook. And don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind. Embrace your paradigms and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? 
Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electricast production. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.